0: Welcome back to the Peaked Too Early podcast. If you're located in the mid-Atlantic, the Great Lakes, uh, Washington State, or the northeast of England, you're probably not enjoying the coldness and the snow that's falling right now. We have about two inches here. Um, But something that is not cold is the heating up Premier League, and especially the race for that number one spot. I am joined as always by my lovely co-host oscar saywell uh oscar aside from wi-fi issues how are you doing
1: hello hello i'm doing well thank you i am back at the apartment um for my first week of school and we're already right in the thick of it which is great um and yeah i'm it's a winter wonderland uh in maryland or at least where we are so um yeah it's nice to see the snow coating the ground and I've been going on brisk wintry walks. So, yeah, I'm enjoying myself. Looking forward did to Did you
0: participate? Hmm? Did you participate in any uh, snowball fights on McKeldon Mall? I...
1: You know what? I did not. I I keep my distance from others nowadays. Although I did go for a walk and I saw oh, like 15 different snowmen. So that was that was cool. That's it was, nice. It was nice to see. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah, Wi-Fi issues, you know, hopefully we won't interrupt each other too much because like we're buffering or whatever, but listeners will just have to bear with us. I'm very excited to recap matches and talk football because it's been a long time.
0: Well, you might not be too excited for this next part um, because we're going to talk about our predictions from our last podcast on episode 11. Um, where, if you remember, you had a very healthy three-point lead, much like Manchester City at the top of the table. Um, Unfortunately, since then, even though we only predicted six games, I managed to perfectly predict West Ham beating West Brom 2-1 and Manchester United beating Fulham 2-1. And along with some other matches going my way, I had plus four last week which moves me to plus one overall i'm back in the driver's seat i control my own destiny uh and unfortunately yeah you were doing so well for so long
1: wow i mean i kind of can't believe it to be honest i'm very very disappointed you've done an excellent job and i all i can say is i hope to bounce back next week to be to be frank
0: yeah, we certainly have more predictions. So I guess you, you either have more of a chance to get more points or I have more, more of a chance. But either way, that is enough of that. Oscar Saywell, where do you want to start talking about matches?
1: Oh, well, there's so many, isn't there? Because I think we want to go back a couple weeks, or not a couple weeks, I'm exaggerating, like you know, a week and a half. Why don't we start with, you know, there's been a seismic managerial change since we'd last talked. And that's Frank Lampard departing Chelsea and Thomas Tuchel coming in. So why don't we start with Leicester Chelsea, which was Lampard's final match in charge of the Blues.
0: Yes, give me one second. Mm Because, of course, as soon as you say that, I lost where I kept everything. That's fine. Um yes. Leicester City taking down the Chelsea Blues 2-0. Yeah. Um it started out in like the worst possible start for Chelsea who have already been in pretty poor form um coming up to that match uh, where uh, the ball came to Wilfred Ndidi um who was at the 18-yard box, um, and he 100% mishits the ball, uh, and (laughs) it ends up being a pretty nice goal. Um, But he was definitely trying to go across his body to the right, and he mishits it, and it goes to the left. Um, Yeah. And then uh, later on, they would double their lead through James Madison before halftime, where... I thought it was 100% Rhys James' fault. Um, and that was a reoccurring theme through this match uh, where both wingbacks for Chelsea were just getting far up the pitch um, and then basically leaving two men back uh, and Leicester were hitting them again and again and again. Um, it should have been more for Leicester. Um, mm. There was a James-Justin header in the second half. Um, where Rhys James was just not paying attention and James Justin almost puts it in, but puts it slightly to the left of the post. Um, and yeah, just overall, Chelsea got masterclassed by Leicester City.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think the writing was on the wall for Frank Lampard. Uh, we were talking, uh, we were texting each other about like various rumors we'd heard about him sort of saying his goodbyes way before this and like Chelsea sniffing around managers in the summer. Um, obviously that was his last game in charge of the, of a premier league match. They went and beat Luton a few days later in the FA cup three, one. And then Thomas Tuchel came in and he's since overseen a nil, nil against Wolves on Wednesday. And then today they beat Burnley two nil, which was, I guess, I don't know. Relatively impressive seeing it as it's Burnley with two full-back goals and Cesar Azbillacueta and Marcus Alonso. But yeah, what what do you think of Tuchel's signing? Like, what do you think the future holds, Chelsea? I am not sure. I think there's a
0: little bit of something there. Um, In one, he speaks German and Chelsea have two struggling German players right now. he also has managed uh, players who are a little bit uh, shaky on form, like uh, Christian Pulisic um, and Thiago Silva. Um, although he didn't have a great time, especially managing Thiago yeah. Silva. Um, but I don't know. I think there's potential there. Um, I just don't really know what to make of Thomas Tuchel on. So,
1: I mean, in general. I think it's it's I think it's interesting you say that because I reckon that Thomas Tuchel is I mean I don't like the word that much but he's like super underrated for people like us who follow the Premier League very closely because he's just he's he's described as a tactical genius super versatile obviously he's kind of an abrasive character he, he keeps falling out with the like his his um superiors at every club he's at but at, he's he's managed Mainz Dortmund and PSG and had success at each one of those clubs he guided Mainz to a Europa League spot with like Andre Schürrle and Shinji Okazaki way back when then took over from Jurgen Klopp uh, I think won a couple cups with Dortmund took them deep into the Champions League ran Bayern for their money and then obviously he took PSG to the Champions League final and won a couple of trophies with them. So I think that it's like an astute signing from uh Chelsea and I think it can definitely sort of transform them, at least in the short term. I guess I don't know. I feel like when they appointed Frank Lampard, I thought they were sort of saying, Okay, like we're gonna stop being that club that just hires and fires managers and we're going to invest in a project and we'll grow with Frank Lampard. And I mean, I don't particularly highly rate Frank Lampard, but he sort of went on like a bad 10-week run and they fired him. And I feel like why hire him in the first place if you're not going to sort of back him through some rocky periods? I don't know. But yeah, I'm excited to see what Thomas Tuchel will do in the Prem.
0: Well, so I guess the, the, the sacking of Lampard was so, okay. Lampard this season, because there's a transfer ban, you'll get a, a pretty long leash. Um, and he, of course overdid expectations. Um, and then they gave him what, 260 million to spend, uh, yeah. which obviously will come with a very short leash.
1: Um, be sure.
0: and he, I, I fully believe like if you spend 260 million and then have a horrible run of 10 matches, that's more than worthy of getting fired. Mm. Um, But yeah, I don't know. Uh, We've seen in the past, like world-class managers come to the premier league and not be able to adjust. Um, So I don't know, but four points from two games in the premier league is a, Pretty good start, so
1: not bad. Yeah, no, I'd back him. I back him pretty. Plus, pretty heavily. beating
0: Burnley, beating burnley's pretty tough. So yeah, yeah, no,
1: definitely. Cool. Okay, um, where do you want to where do you want to go next? Um, let's go
0: to uh one of the more fun matches to watch. Uh, it is the one nil win for Burnley. Over Liverpool on Uh, January 21st. Over almost 10 days ago now.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It was uh, your classic Burnley, uh, you know, absolute masterclass. Call it shithousery, call it masterclass. Yeah. Um, Burnley with 28% of the possession. uh, Just absorbing 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 honestly not even trying to hit them on the counter too much Um, they would eventually get a pen in the 83rd minute um which some people have seen as controversial um i don't understand how yeah Yeah, i know it's like of course liverpool fans are going to be upset Um, so uh it was like a, a little Dinked through ball. Um, Ashley Barnes ran. I think it was Ashley Barnes ran onto it. Um, got the ball. Allison took out Barnes. Um, or no, Chris Wood won the penalty. Maybe. No,
1: no, it was Barnes.
0: Uh, okay, Barnes won it and Barnes converted it. Um, so yeah, and then walked out with a a one nil win. Uh, although a lot of people probably talking more about the spat at halftime yeah. uh, between Sean Dyche and uh jurgen klopp um where i mean i would have loved to see like a alan Pardew manager getting in a fight with someone um it would have been beautiful um especially because sean dyche probably would have killed him (laughs) um
1: probably (laughs) but
0: uh yeah what what do you make of the the little spat they had
1: oh of the spat itself i think i mean i think it's probably nothing uh, it's reflective of a manager in Jurgen Klopp who has a massive ego and i like Jurgen Klopp a lot i think like he's brought, i think he's he's brought something that not no other managers really had in the premier league so he's sort of like so sort of, i mean i was talking about this a couple of weeks ago where, about the culture change he's brought to liverpool and then by extension what like a european manager can be in the premier league so i i, I like him but he's he's like a petty guy he doesn't like to lose he hates losing that's like very like easy to see um i don't know i uh, i don't have that much time for like that kind of stuff it doesn't it's i find it mildly amusing i suppose as long as it doesn't boil over too much um yeah i mean on liverpool like it's, it's funny because just so much has happened in the course of 10 days. Like now people are saying they got a victory against Tottenham and then they got, they just beat us today. And suddenly like everyone's forgotten about them losing one nil to Bernie. Um, Yeah. I I wanted to
0: bring that up. Yeah. Um, Because I saw the, I mean, like take ESPN FC as what it is. It's a pretty terrible um, site, but, uh, they were talking about how uh, Liverpool are returning to dominance um, with the win over West Ham today. I was like, well, I mean, 10 days ago, we weren't talking about that.
1: I I wouldn't go so far. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I suppose they are returning to dominance, but the fact remains that this squad is so weak compared to what it was and also probably to definitely to Manchester City, maybe even to the likes of Man U, despite their dip. Recently, um, I just saw right now that Liverpool are buying, literally buying a a player from Preston North End called Ben Davis. Yep. Uh, to cover for them for about four million euros, he was about to go to Celtic, who are doing horribly in the Scottish League. He must be the happiest man in the world right now that he's going to Liverpool. What I mean, what is wow? That's amazing. Um, but also like an indicator of how desperate um, they must be to find cover, and the championship is a good level nowadays. But still, if I was like Nat Phillips, I would feel somewhat aggrieved. I think.
0: Yeah, especially considering Nat Phillips has not been playing horribly recently. So, no, he,
1: every time he plays, he plays like he, well. Yeah. yeah,
0: he like he's not Liverpool standard, but.
1: No, probably everyone
0: understands he's not supposed to be Liverpool standard. Yeah. Um, Talking about Ben Davies really quickly, um, the clubs he has played for: Preston, York City, Tranmere Rovers, Mm -hmm. Southport, Newport County, Fleetwood, and now Liverpool.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. That is, yeah.
0: Another one. Well, I guess. So he's always played for Preston. It's just yeah, been yeah, on loan, like yeah. loans. Um, I was going to say, this is the first time Ben Davies has ever had a transfer fee. Wow. Um, yeah. But that makes sense. And it's given... 4
1: million Euro, euros or whatever. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't really understand what's going on here. I guess, I mean, you, I guess Liverpool's scouting department must know what they're doing. And he's only 25. I mean, maybe this will be like a super random, like Klopp can turn him into a, Perfectly serviceable Premier League defender, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, he must be chuffed. He's actually quite young for a centre back. He's only only twenty five, so I think he has a future ahead of him. Good for him. Yeah,
0: Preston are in eleventh in the Championship.
1: Yeah, they're not. Is... They did they did really well last season. Struggling a bit more this season. Um, yeah, I mean, he was playing League One football like four years ago so wow all right um yeah that was a good game um so where where are we gonna head next um
0: well talking about one one nil upset uh i think we have to talk about oh. the other one nil or sorry one goal upset yeah, yeah yeah um with sheffield united beating manchester, manchester united. united yeah um there's only one united uh Apparently, it's not Newcastle. It's definitely not Manchester. Might be Uh, West Ham. uh, No.
1: No. All right.
0: So, funny enough, um, there's a thing called, you might know of this because you're a West Ham supporter, but the United table, um, which Mm -hmm. is just the Premier League table of if only United teams could play each other. Um, And unfortunately, Newcastle are bottom of that table. Oh, wow. Really? Wow. Yeah, because we lost to Sheffield United. Ugh, poor Newcastle. I think we only have one win against the United team, and it was West Ham on the opening day.
1: Well, there you go. So,
0: yeah, what do you want to talk about about this uh, um, Sheffield United upset?
1: I mean, I actually, I guess maybe just a question. I, I mean, I, just to recap quickly... Um, Oh, uh, Keane Bryan, who I had no idea who the hell this guy was. He's like a left wing back who's barely played for Sheffield United. He's pretty old. And I think this might be his Premier City. League debut. X-Man City way back in the day. He's in his mid-20s, I think. Um, t- came out of nowhere, scored the opener. Um, and then Harry Maguire uh, leveled in the 64th minute. Ten minutes later, Ollie Burke comes on, scores... Um, and Sheffield United with a famous victory uh, against against the Red Devils. I'm, I think the question I was going to put to you is like, what does this mean? I mean, I hate doing this because we said it about a month ago where it's like Man, Man United is just Man United and they're like perennially just flopping around and they're very good and then they're like not that good. Do you think this is just a blip and they'll have a comeback or what, what's going on here? Well, so it could have been really bad, but
0: Liverpool, uh, Tottenham, Chelsea are all also doing the same sort of weird, playing well and then playing horribly and then playing well and then playing horribly. Um, So even they're, they're probably like the... as safe as you can be losing to the 20th place team in the Premier League um, just because every other team also uh, pretty much has lost to a bottom four team this season. Mm -hmm. Um, And the only club that really benefit from this was Man City um, who, well, I guess Liverpool benefited for a little bit.
1: Yeah. They're uh, only one, well, they're only one point behind them now. So yeah.
0: Yes. Um, But I'm Man City game in hand, three points on top of the table. So um, I think they're the. Oh yeah, the I
1: don't team know. Team I don't team.
0: think this means anything for Manchester United. Okay, um, just in, in terms of this season's all all over the place. Um, we've seen like something catastrophic, some catastrophic result for every team, probably in the top ten so far this season. Easy.
1: Um apart from yeah, West Ham, so we haven't had a catastrophic result. Uh, apart what about New against Boston? Newcastle? Yeah. Okay. Woo. It's true, it's true.
0: Yeah. I was we were top of the Premier League for like 4 hours. Yeah, uh, well, the like very beginning of the season. Yeah. Oh, ouch. Oof. Ouch. <laughs> um Yeah, I don't have much to say um no. other than uh you finally get a slight bit of vindication um on your prediction that Ollie Burke would come good in the Premier League.
1: Yeah, um, I think I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a moot point because they're getting relegated. Um, it's, I don't think it's even a question anymore. They are, oh my God, I mean, 13 points behind Brighton in 17th. There's too many, too many points to, too, too much ground to make up. So Oli Burke won't be a premier league player for much longer, but what he needs is just to play, I think for a club consistently. And so maybe he can drop down to the championship and be all right. Um, uh yeah, I don't know. I think it's a it's a ter- it's a sucky season for Sheffield United. But if they stick with Wilder, I think they can bounce back like pretty pretty fast in a couple years.
0: Yeah. Um so going from one title contender to the next, mm-hmm. uh although it might be a little weird to call them a title contender, um Liverpool and Spurs, mm. Spurs coming out on on bottom. Sorry, I almost said Spurs coming out on top. Mm-hmm. Uh, Liverpool coming out on top, three one, um in a sort of revenge match for Liverpool.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I don't, um, I don't go ahead.
0: I don't have a ton to say. Um, I did not watch this match. Mm. Uh, it's two teams I really do not like. Yeah. Uh, so, Sad to see Trent get on the score sheet.
1: You do hate him with a passion. Um, so I did watch. I did watch a fair amount of this game, but I mean, I know it was only a few days ago, but I can't remember that much about it anymore. Um, I do remember that Liverpool, so um, Tottenham had a goal ruled out um, because Son Hyung min was just barely offside. Um, And it was a great goal as well. A classic like Kane to Son. Um, And they got that ruled out. And Tottenham were arguably probably the better side for the majority of the first half, despite the fact that they were sort of being pegged back by Liverpool and then hitting them on counter. It was a really, really like scintillating first half. um, Very entertaining. But then Roberto Firmino scored deep into stoppage time in the first half. So they went in 1-0 down. And then, um, apparently, Serge Aurier and Jose Mourinho had an enormous bust up at halftime. So much so that Jose Mourinho was like, I'm substituting you. And Serge Aurier reportedly stormed out the stadium. Um, so that might explain why. That's- Go ahead.
0: That's like uh, in goal two. I don't know yeah. if you've seen all the goal movies not. when he, he gets the red card and he just leaves the stadium
1: during the middle of the match. Yeah, similar vibes. Um, that might explain why Liverpool came out and immediately scored through Trent Alexander-Arnold and Tottenham looked sort of at sea. And then Pierre-Emil Højbjerg, Ho- two minutes later, um, just fired in this absolute beauty from like 25 yards out with really random goal. And it looked like they'd be back in it for all of like five minutes. And then by the 65th minute, Sadio Mane had added another and Liverpool were out of sight, comfortably beating Tottenham. 14 shots to their to Tottenham's three. Um, the, the, the possession stats were pretty even, actually. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a relatively comfortable Liverpool victory in the end. And huge blow to Tottenham because Harry Kane goes off injured, more ankle issues. Um, which is sad to see, I think, because as we know with great players like Marco van Basten, I mean, I'm sure it won't ever get to that point for Harry Kane, but um, ankle issues like really curtail a a player's career. So probably sooner rather than later, he's going to have to have surgery and that's going to affect his game. And yeah, kind of sad to see, but not great for Tottenham who also lost to Brighton one nil today with a terrible Gareth Bale. Um, trying to pull the strings in Hurricanes place and failing miserably. So yeah, not looking great for Tottenham right now to be honest. Do you have anything to say about this or
0: Yeah. Um well at one point we were talking about how Tottenham might be a serious title contender.
1: Yeah, we um, were. Cuz they looked it at one uh, point for sure.
0: Yeah. I I don't know. I'm not going to say they're out of it. This is such a weird thing but they got to find a way one they have to turn around this form and two they have to figure out what are they going to do in these next yeah is it was it two weeks or two months without harry kane uh
1: no not two months he's going to be back soon i think um i
0: think it's two weeks then um yeah which will be um about four matches including matches against chelsea West Brom, Everton and Man City.
1: Yeah. I mean it's just it's not good because you know, I mean even Mourinho says himself that it, Kane is so irreplaceable and they they can't really do anything without him. So he needs to come back and maybe then I think I think at this point he comes back and Tottenham need to focus on like trying to get trying to get into the top 4 and winning the Europa League. And that that will be a successful season for Jose Mourinho. If he wins a trophy and gets the top four, he can build on that. And so then they can go again. But um, let's not dwell. dwell. Why don't we make our way uh, to Everton, Newcastle?
0: It was quite the reversal of what had been a terrible two months of form for Newcastle United, which saw... um, like two goals, um, only one of which was from open play. Um, like maybe two points, one uh, mm. one against Liverpool and one against an awful Fulham side. Um, and then out of nowhere, they appoint Graham Jones, um, who very interestingly, many people uh, observed that it seemed like he was... Doing more of the instructions and Steve Bruce was more in the back um, which I don't know if I agree or but um, it was an interesting um, it was also interesting Newcastle played um, Graham Jones preferred formation from uh, his Luton days uh, Mm -hmm. with the the diamond uh, 442 um, and yeah, uh, Newcastle, for 70 of the 90 minutes, fully dominated Everton. Yeah. Um, they were passing the ball um, in strings of more than five, which is something I very rarely see. Um, Newcastle fans are very familiar with uh, PPDA passes per, defense, per defensive action, um, where we are normally between 25 and 30 before mm. we make any defensive action. Um, did not happen in this match we were closing players down not giving them time on the ball not letting them pass pressing even pressing their goalkeeper um and yeah if there's any goalkeeper you want to put under pressure it's definitely jordan pickford yeah Um, that's true and it was a callum wilson double um and it should have been more callum wilson had the potential to score four um Jordan Pickford actually played pretty okay. Um got made some pretty nice saves. Um but Everton never really caught like created any chances or caused Newcastle any problems. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, it was the the way every Newcastle fan wants Newcastle to play and we played well and beat them. So
1: Yeah, I mean it I thought Wilson was excellent and I was really happy because yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's I think Newcastle's a super odd team and Steve Bruce is very strange and something isn't really working, but if you can put in more performances like that and and creep up the table a little bit then um at least that's something and then maybe just try and rebuild next next season. But I feel like we say that every yeah. single year. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, the, the three points were absolutely huge for Newcastle. Mm. Um, they had been slipping down and down the table, and everyone below them had been winning. Um, right. And it started getting really nervy there. Um, mm. I had texted you, I think it was after the 2-0 loss uh, for Newcastle against uh, Villa, where after the full time whistle, like Newcastle players were on their knees and they were yeah. sitting on the pitch. Um, and Jamal Lewis was crying, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And it was such a strange thing to see. It was it like it looked like they had just been relegated. Um, that's very odd. And, um, like uh, they probably realized the pressure they were under, mm-hmm. um, and they did play better against Leeds, but they weren't great. And then just out of nowhere, they pulled this performance out. Um, And I really hope it's not a uh, exception, but it's more the players realizing they can play this way. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: Yeah. I hope so too.
0: Yeah. So how are the lads? Um, Let's talk about West Brom Fulham.
1: Let's do it. Um, Yeah. This this was a cracking match. The, the bottom of the table. I think with Brighton's win against Tottenham this weekend and and the Seagulls form looking improved, I think these two teams are probably going to be condemned to relegation this year. The, the points gap is slowly widening. I know that Fulham have a game in hand still. And if they win that, they're still I, maybe six points behind Brighton. Um I think Fulham, who are the more fancied of the two to stay up just because they play nicer football, they have better players, um, Actually, had to snatch a late equaliser through Cavalero, who came off the bench and scored a great goal like five minutes later. Um, and it was yeah, like you like you said, it was it was a thrilling match. Frankly, um, Bobby Decoudova Reed scored the opener in the first half, and then Fulham proceeded to batter the Baggies for the whole forty-five minutes, and it was looking really really bad for West Brom. And I guess it must have been a classic Allardyce halftime team talk because Carl um, Bartney and Matias Pereira put. West Bromwich Albion ahead after they dominated the the opening minutes of the second half. Diagne on loan from Galatasaray, he looks pretty good up front. Um, good hold up play, and he provided the assist for Pereira's goal. Yeah, I think my biggest takeaway here is that West Brom aren't nearly as good enough defensively as they should be, and without even like a semi-solid structure at the back, they fail to re- release their attacking players who are really pretty good. Um, and yeah, Ruben Loftus Cheek. I thought you know he was good in this game, and has been decent um, since finding his fitness in a string of games. I was going to ask you what you, what do you think the future holds for him? And um, Loftus Cheek. Yeah, and I think he should come to West Ham in the summer. That's my shout.
0: Yeah, I mean he's he kind of was that Chelsea wonder kid uh, mm. who got games at Chelsea, but not really given a huge, uh, an opportunity to like push for the first team or anything. Um, the injuries. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then there were injuries and then he played for England, um, in 2018. And Dude, that rekindled good. some interest in him. Yeah. Not only because he was good, but, uh, like people who don't watch soccer, but watch the world cup, uh, fell in love with him cause he's beautiful.
1: Uh, he's, So beautiful, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and yeah, technically, he's still a Chelsea player. Um, Mm -hmm. if he continues to play well, I mean, I doubt Chelsea will use him ever again, but he could use this good form to move to a eighth to 12th. Uh, that's a little low, seventh to 10th place Premier League team. I mean, I Uh, feel
1: like he'd be good at like a Leicester or an Everton or yeah, something like that. But I mean, it's really the injuries. You just have to see like how that's going to pan out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but it, I think it's kind of a a nice thing for him to be on loan at, um, a club that like, while they're struggling, they still play nice football and Mm -hmm. they still can pull out decent results. Um, yeah, because it lets him like be a star in that team. Um, which can only give him confidence. And when he returns to Chelsea and inevitably gets loaned somewhere else, I'm sure he'll, yeah, I'd actually, he'd be pretty good at West
1: Ham. That's what I said. Yeah. I think, I think oh, he I should come say. to West Ham. No, you're good. I I really do think he'd be good at West Ham. So maybe if the Lingard like move works out a little bit and maybe then players at these big clubs, will see West Ham as like a place to come and play some, some good football, but we'll see. Um, the the night is is dragging on so i think we should we should wrap up the matches we can talk about a couple more Leeds, leicester liverpool west ham which which catches your fancy
0: um i mean do you really want to recount west ham liverpool if you I want to, to talk about it we can
1: i mean i don't have to do it in detail I'm look i think this is a sad loss but a pre- pretty predictable one i'm not that upset because i mean we've been excellent this season i just hope that we you know i mean my worry is that now we go like three or four games maybe even like three or four defeats on the spin or something something bad like that would you something bad to happen to us um which is you know the paranoid west ham fan talking because we objectively have a good team so that shouldn't happen to us yeah we were just outclassed in this match basically um it was pretty boring first half and then Liverpool just sort of blew us away. I guess the one thing I will talk about is that incredible second Liverpool goal where um, Trent Alexander-Arnold receives the ball from a clear corner. He smashes it up the field to Jordan Shakiri, who was like bombing down the left wing. And then he played one of the most ridiculous first-time cutting crosses, like I've seen, um, into Salah's feet, who controlled it, chopped to the right, and then slid it past Fabianski. It was like sublime. Um, and yeah, that's that's all I'll say about that match. I think we, yeah. we go again. We go again soon against whoever we play.
0: I think the the silver lining of even if West Ham hit a patch of really bad form is uh, they had a patch of insane form earlier yeah, this exactly. season. So uh, you can definitely afford a few terrible stinkers. Um, I mean. I told you I want to see West Ham make the Europa League spot uh, and then next and then get season relegated. get relegated.
1: Yeah. It will happen if we do, so hopefully we won't.
0: Yeah. Um. So let's uh quickly talk about Leeds-Leicester. Um, yeah. I'll just quickly recap it. Um, okay. It started for Leicester City, hopping out to a pretty early lead uh, through Harvey Barnes, who has really... I wouldn't say turned a corner in his career but he's like added yeah goals it, the it factor like he's yeah, yeah. he's so much more confident he's so tidy
1: he's um, a perfect player for them
0: i think yeah i think like i mean Leicester is a big club um yeah but i could totally see like a manchester united splashing out for him
1: mm-hmm. yeah i hope um, he doesn't because I. Think i hope he doesn't
0: too i hope I hope Leicester keep it together. Yeah. Um,
1: I'm sure they will. They have so much money. Yeah. They don't, they don't need, you know, they don't, they really don't need it, but
0: yeah, I, w- I was telling you a few days ago uh, about how there's uh, like five teams that I don't want to see relegated from the premier league in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the rest of them can all fuck off. Uh, yeah. But Leicester city is one of them because they like gave me one of the most magical things I've ever watched start to finish. Um, in that 2016 season. So uh, even though like, I don't like, I don't have like a second club or anything. uh, It would like break my heart if they got relegated. Oh, me Um, too.
1: Yeah. No, I'm right with you.
0: So yeah, even though they have Iose Perez, um, it's a trash footballer, but uh, immediately after taking the lead, um, Stuart Dallas, uh, (laughs) like, uh, was played in with a great uh, assist from Patrick Bamford um, to mm-hmm. equalize um assist. yep really nice assist um and then Leeds scored again through a uh, click but uh, it was called offsides um with one of the best offsides calls I've seen I don't know how the side judge uh yeah saw that that was amazing um yeah and then there was like an unreal finish from Patrick Bamford um and then a unselfish ball uh, right at the end of the match on the counterattack uh from Patrick Bamford to Jack Harrison to wrap it up um, yeah and Leeds
1: played Leeds football yeah it was it was super like classic Bielsa for sure yeah there's very a, impressive there's a couple things i just a few things i want to quickly talk about um, t- w- Two transfers, Damari Gray left for only three million pounds to buy a Leverkusen, which is a fantastic move for him on like a bumper contract too. I think he's there till 2024 or something. Um, but yeah.
0: Leverkusen are doing terribly.
1: Well, no, uh, I they- mean, they have bad form recently, but they're doing very well this season in the Bundesliga. They're, they, they've been, um, they went, so they're in fifth place now. They fall into fifth place. They're only like five points off second, uh, three points off third. And they went through this absolutely like barnstorming form um, a couple of months ago. So they're in a really exciting team. Um, um, so so it's, it's, yeah. it's a move for him. I, I really like, it's a really, really good move for him. I'm very surprised um, and so cheap as well. Um, but I think maybe he was out of contract or something. So, um,
0: uh, yeah, also horrible form.
1: Yeah. Hor- who, who Oh, Damari Gray? Yeah. I mean, it just, he need he needed to leave. Right. I mean, I, I kind of hope I, I don't really know anything about him other than the fact that he's just, he's, he's still quite young and he's just played, he's been playing for so long. He's, he made he's made over 120 appearances, I think both for Birmingham and, and Leicester. Um, in his career, and he's only like 24. So, I mean, there's something there, maybe, maybe it can be revealed again in the Bundesliga. And then the other thing I wanted to touch on was, this one I find astonishing. Um, Nathaniel Ch- Chalaber looks like he's about to sign for Leicester as um, midfield cover, which I think is incredible, because um, that's another, like, Chelsea youth kid, youth prodigy that sort of never quite made it, and he's been playing really well for Watford this season. But obviously, that's in the Championship, and yeah, um, he's been injured a lot over his career and hasn't really done done it. Um, played for a lot of clubs, but yeah, that would be quite the move for him. Um, I'd love to see it, and yeah, that's that's what I what I've got to say about Lester.
0: Yeah. Um. I if we're shouting out transfers, um, mm. William Jose in at yeah. Wolves. Very yeah. interesting. I wonder how that's going to work. Um,
1: yeah, there's there's been a such. Yeah, go ahead.
0: Very unique player. Um, mm. I really wonder how it's going to work out for him. Yeah,
1: yeah. He's I mean it's just a loan, so I mean, he's kind he's kind of a Real Sociedad like not legend because he's only been there since 2016, but he's been super good for them since he joined from. I don't know, some random Spanish team. Um, or,
0: yeah, and yeah. I guess uh, Crystal Palace bringing in uh, Jean-Philippe Mateta. Uh, uh,
1: yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, no, there's been a lot of interesting signings. Well, we'll have to... Obviously, it's transfer deadline day tomorrow. We'll have to... I don't know. I'd like to do a little section where we talk about signings because we saw Patrick Catrone go to Valencia. Mauricio Pochettino's son moved to Watford on loan. Um, yeah, I
0: thought that was funny.
1: Yeah, like weird shit like that. Um we we loaned out a couple of players. Yeah, no, there's there's some there's some good ones around around the Oh, obviously Jesse Lingard moved to West Ham on loan. How, how could I f- forget that? Just a couple pods ago I was sort of saying, "Oh, Jesse Lingard's been like linked with West Brom and Sheffield United and he's certainly landed at better clubs than that." So, I don't know how it's going to work out for Jesse, but We'll see. Um, yeah, okay. Let's, let's move on to, uh, to some predictions, unless you have anything nope. else to say.
0: Nope, predictions sound good to me. Okay, so we're going to start off with uh, a bottom-of-the-table clash, Sheffield United and West Brom. Uh, I'm
1: going down no, now. I'm going to give Sheffield United the
0: Ooh. benefit of the doubt. They found Fair. a little bit of an upswing. I think okay. they can knock them off 1 0. Um, Wolves, Arsenal.
1: I'm going to go 2 1 Arsenal.
0: I'm going to go 1 0 Arsenal. Um, yeah. I just, who knows what Wolves are doing right now? Um, Manchester United, Southampton.
1: I think United might continue to drop points, but I'll go for a draw 2 2.
0: Gonna back Shampton. Uh, I'm gonna give him a one-nil win. Uh, Ooh. I still believe Southampton can do it, they've got a really nice squad. Yeah, they do. they do. Um, Newcastle United, Crystal Palace.
1: I'm backing you for a win, actually. I'm gonna go. Oh, Zaha is always so dangerous. Somehow, a one-nil victory. Somehow, you'll keep a clean sheet, I reckon. Newcastle
0: always beats Crystal Palace. Oh, uh, that was a good prediction. We're their bogey team. Um I'm gonna go two nil for the second match in a row for Newcastle United. Um Burnley, Manchester City.
1: Um, I think Burnley will be very good, but just City are just too good. I'm gonna go I'll go two nil City away from home.
0: Yeah, Man City have had a couple of these this season where you say, well, Man City has so much quality, they're going to smash them, and then it's like a 1-0 or 2-1 or 2-0. Um, I'm going to go 1-0 Man City, um, but I think it's going to be dominance. Mm-hmm. Um, Fulham, Leicester City.
1: Um, I backed Leicester to bounce back. I'll go 3-1 Leicester. Um. I'll go two
0: one Leicester. Um, I hate to copy or have similar uh, predictions as you, but I just I don't really see it happening any yeah. other way. Uh, Leeds Everton.
1: I'm torn between like backing Leeds for victory because Everton are a strange team and a draw. I'll go two two draw again. It's a fairly safe prediction, I reckon. Score draw.
0: I'm going to go 4-2 leads. And leads aren't the same leads that they were uh, a few months ago, but I think they still have that Yeah, no-defense thrashing attack. Um, plus, Everton can't have high morale after being beaten by Newcastle. So, yeah, uh, 4-2 leads. Nice. Villa, West Ham.
1: I'm going to go for a high-scoring draw, 3-3. I think this will be a hard match for us, um, but there you go.
0: I'm going to back Villa um, just because every time I've bet against Villa this season, they've proved me wrong. Uh, Liverpool, Brighton.
1: Um, oh, no, I think Liverpool are just going to find their form. Brighton are looking a little bit better, but still a pretty poor team. I'll go two nil to Liverpool. Comfortable victory.
0: Yeah, I'll take the draw one, one. Um, I still think Brighton are better than their league position. Um, Liverpool have obviously struggled this season. Yeah. Um, so, And then we'll wrap it up uh, with uh, the battle of the racist mm-hmm. teams. Uh, Tottenham Hotspur versus Chelsea.
1: Um, uh, Mourinho always seems to have bad luck against Chelsea. I don't know. I think I'll go a 1-1 draw. I think Spurs will really not want to lose this, but I think it'll be pretty yeah. boring, to be honest with you.
0: We should get Millwall and Burnley and then put two pitches side by side and just have everyone play each other. It's like the four-way racism chalice.
1: Um, I mean, we haven't even mentioned, not that we have to get into it, but there's just been like a whole slew of vile racist abuse over the past few days, which is really depressing to see and even more annoying to see is just like. You know, like BBC and Sky Sports, and like everyone just being like, "This has to stop!" Like, then fucking do something! Like, it's just, ugh, it's just awful. Like, just sick and tired. Yeah. But yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I'll back Chelsea one nil. Um, I think seven points from his first three matches would be,
1: uh, high flying. Oh yeah, for sure. If I know if if Tuchel beats Spurs, that's that's a that's a big deal. I reckon. Cool. I'm excited. I I feel like those are good good predictions from us. So we'll see.
0: Okay. So now everyone's favorite part. Uh, Oscar guessing my my players immediately. Uh Uh, Although not last week. No. So uh, to start off my five questions, uh, as always, uh, I will start with uh, my wonder kid um so my first hint is his first name is officially gilbert but mm. nobody has ever called him gilbert ever i've ne- i didn't know his name was gilbert until right now interesting um he uh got his start in france um although he was born in belgium um and he does not represent either of those clubs. Or sorry, either of those national teams. He uh, moved from uh, Gingamp to Merseille um, for 20 million, uh, 20 million euros. And then he moved to Porto for 19 million. Oh, sorry. He moved to Marseille for 9 million. Marseille to Porto for... 20 million and then Porto to Stoke City for 19 million. Um where he never really made it in the Premier League. I am talking. Do I normally have you guess my player?
1: No, you tell me the player and then tell... no, Do you have thinking... a
0: hint of do you
1: think who the player is? No. Do you think I, you know who it is? I don't think so.
0: It is Gianelli imbula Oh, if you remember him from Stoke, oh, I um, remember yeah, I
1: when do, yeah, yeah, I, do, I do, I do. Wow,
0: it was like the one sign of ambition from Stoke City. Um, oh. like forking over 20 million for this uh, guy who like lit up the Portuguese league. Yeah. Um, uh, he, uh, after, oh, yeah, he, this
1: is the guy who. Do you have anything? No, sorry. I think the Wi Fi was a little strange there. I was like cutting you out. Um, no, I was just gonna say this is the guy that went to like Sochi or something, and then yeah, I don't know. Some like weird, he's like not old, and yeah, this, this, this. I hate these stories, they're so sad.
0: Yeah, he left Stoke City in 2020 before Sochi, so you do get your point for guessing where he is. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. Strange move. Strange that he was with Stoke as recently as last year, um, yeah. And now plays for Sochi, um, a team that's only existed for two years. um
1: wow. I'm looking to... just such oh, a no, strange. No, he story. left them. He left them. He's a free agent. I just looked him up. Oh wow. Yeah.
0: Wow. Oh yeah. I wonder what the deal is. Uh, it says know. that he's. Using the training facilities at uh
1: It says, oh, Panathinaikos talks with Gian Buddha. Continue. Panathinaikos, I think Shinji Kagawa just uh, is back in football and uh, moved to Panathinaikos. Oh, no, to Pauk. Is that the same thing? Possibly.
0: No. PAOK is the one where the owner came onto the pitch with a gun.
1: Yeah, incredible stuff. Um, yeah, no, Shinji Kagawa is back in football, which that would have been a good wonder kid one to do. I love Shinji Kagawa. He's only 31 years old. Yeah, he's he's so young. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Cool.
0: I mean, that's actually... His career history is kind of sad.
1: Eh, you know, it is what it is. It's not that yeah. sad. It's like, you know, he's had a great career. Played a while in Japan, Dortmund, Manchester United, Dortmund. Then you know now now it's, he's tailed off. I mean, it just happens to some players. Being off around like twenty nine thirty, yeah, it's not great, but it's he's he's done a lot. Like played tons for Japan. Maybe he'll just like have a good time in Greece. I think he should just go back to Japan. Like I don't understand why he isn't doing that. But yeah, maybe he doesn't want to.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think.
1: Does, uh, someone plays at Osaka. Gambo Some, Osaka. Someone I plays mean, there.
0: Yeah, the the club he came from, Cerezo Osaka. I feel oh, like there was a a player who recently left there. Oh, but it doesn't matter. We could spend all day looking yeah, at. Okay. Who like which players ended up in the Japanese league.
1: Yeah, another uh, Japanese player, Shinji Okazaki. You you know, he's like playing in La Liga for Huesca right now. now, It's awesome.
0: There's actually a few Japanese players in La Liga. Yeah, there's uh, Inui Inui and Muto and... Oh yeah, Newcastle Legend.
1: Newcastle Legend, (laughs) Muto. Yeah.
0: Okay, so I have some more questions for you. Um... On Wednesday, Burnley beat Aston Villa three to two, which is probably a match we could have talked about. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, hold on, sorry, I think I'm messing up my question right here. makes for great podcasting though. yeah sorry, what I want to talk about is uh Burnley beating Fulham three zero uh. In the FA Cup. Uh, when is the last time they beat a team
1: 3-0? Ooh. Uh, I have no idea. I'm just going to straight up say I have no idea.
0: Well, it was back-to-back in late oh. 2019 with a 3-0 win versus Watford, which came after a 3-0 win versus West Ham. Uh, wow. Wow. So I just wanted that to rub it in your face that
1: yeah.
0: it seem like I have totally forgot that on November 9th, uh, 2019, Burnley beat West Ham 3 0. Yeah. I think yeah. that was when you guys were like in 17th place.
1: Yeah, something terrible like that. Yeah. Okay.
0: Next question is also a little bit of a quiz question. Mm-hmm. Um Carlo Ancelotti has uh had four seasons in charge of a Premier League club um, at Chelsea and now at Everton. Mm -hmm. How many managers have ever done the Premier League double over Carlo Ancelotti? Oh. Over
1: Carlo Ancelotti. Oh, the Premier League double over Carlo Ancelotti. Oh, um, oh, wait. So yeah, no, that's like a lot less than you'd think. Um, obviously, because he hasn't been there that much. Three. No, only one
0: manager oh, wow. has ever done the league double in the Premier League, and it's Steve Bruce. Oh wow! wow. This season, because we just did the double oh, yeah, over of them.
1: Course. Oh, that's awesome! Nice. Uh, then
0: this is something. I just want to gauge your opinion. Um, It was confirmed today that DeAndre Yedlin is leaving Newcastle for Galatasaray. um, And with him leaving, who is the best American Premier League player of all time?
1: Of all time? uh, Tim Howard.
0: Not DeAndre Yedlin?
1: No. but
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely Tim Howard. Yeah. Um, I just wonder, because it's such a... Yeah. Like, after Tim Howard, it's like Landon Donovan at Fulham.
1: No, there's another that other goalie, um, the Villa one, Brad Guzan. Yeah, yeah, Brad Guzan. He's a he's a, he's a he's a he's a Premier League legend. Like, he's got to be up there too.
0: Didn't yeah? Didn't he like over twenty years of playing in the Premier League? Something ridiculous. Uh,
1: no, no, you're thinking of that other one. Um, he played for Villa f- for a very, very long time and then Middlesbrough for a bit. Um, this, again, is great podcasting, but um, it- there's another American goalkeeper who played for a long time in the Premier League. Um, uh, Brad Friedel, Brad Friedel. That's, oh, that's yeah. the other le- That's the true legend right there. Yeah, he played. He played forever. Um, he played for Liverpool ninety seven through twenty fifteen. Yeah, almost twenty years. Blackburn, Villa, and Tottenham. There we go. Yeah,
0: just the list of Americans in the Premier League are not that great. No. Um, Say that again. Yeah, like Josie Altidore, <laughs> Sunderland. Yeah, poor Josie. That. For he started he was the the lead striker for the men's national team for way too many years. He has a hundred and fifteen appearances yeah. for the men's national team. Wow. It, it's absolutely criminal. Yeah, um it's... okay. And then my final question before we wrap up. Mm-hmm. Um will like with the appointment of Thomas Tuchel, will Chelsea get into the top four? by the end of the season.
1: Oh, that's a good question. As in
0: finish in the top 4.
1: Yeah, why not? I'll back them. I'll do a quick backing of them to get into the top 4. Um yeah. Yeah.
0: Everyone uh, knows Oscar loves Chelsea. I so.
1: despise Chelsea. I despise them. I despise them. I hate them. But I think I have to back my like I know Leicester are doing really well, but I like in our mid-season prediction I was like, "Oh, they'll fall off." There's a long way to go, yeah. And I do think we'll see a big uptick in form um, from Tuchel. But yeah, cool.
0: Yeah. And that's all my questions.
1: Nice. Great pod. If I do say yeah. well myself. Very fun. A
0: nice return to the Sunday night podcasts. Yeah. yeah.
1: All right, folks. Everyone stay safe out there. Weather-wise, COVID-wise, take care of yourselves. Blake, thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah,
0: thank you, Oscar. Um, quickly, follow the podcast at peak to early pod. Mm-hmm. Follow Oscar mm-hmm. at O H S C U H on it. Twitter. Nice. Follow myself at munch B M U N S H. Email the pod at peak to the number two early pod at gmail.com Boom. Leave us a review. Stay safe. Uh yeah. Yep. Hopefully we get to the end of this thing. We will. Um, both in terms of uh, Newcastle staying in the Premier League, seeing the end of COVID, yes, uh, not getting snowed in for the next <laughs> few yeah. days, yeah. Uh,
1: so, everyone, take care, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. I'm standing.